Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon. We are indeed in the Wild Rose Studios, Wildwood uh, Rose Jefferson Studios, and we will stay here, we promise, for the next couple of hours talking sports with you uh, every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. If you miss any portion of the program, you can always catch up on the podcast, kxno.com, and click the podcast link. Lots of ground to cover today. We're going to go in a lot of different directions. After all, it is that time of year. Uh, David Kaplan is going to join us. Oh, 10.30 or thereabouts. We taped Cappy earlier. Um, and we'll pick his brain on... I tried to bait him a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, yeah, as yeah. you heard at the yeah. beginning, he wasn't going... Tried to... Uh, long summer. A couple of last-place baseball teams. He wasn't buying into that, Trent. A lot of Bears talk. A lot of Bears summer. talk. In yeah, Chicago. I wonder if that's going to be the case. Uh, so anyways, we'll have David Kaplan, uh, sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. We're grateful for that relationship. Makes it possible for us to talk to Cappy every Wednesday, 52 weeks out of the year. There's always something percolating in the Windy City, and Cappy's uh, good enough to join us to discuss it. Then coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, a lot of Iowa State and a lot of Iowa and a lot of football. Uh, with spring football going on at both schools, uh, Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert, will join us at 11.15, and then Mark Morehouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette about 11.35. We'll do the clones with Alex and the Hawks. Maybe we should ask them to do switch roles. <laughs> no, they, we don't want to catch them off guard. No. Uh, but that's coming up on the program today. Kind of a weird day, Trent, and I guess get used to it, right? It is that time of season. We've now reached the portion of the sports radio um, month or calendar that... Um, uh, Mount Rushmores are going to start popping up. Let's let's make a pact. No Mount Rushmores. I'm going to try and do. Let's let's. I think we avoided it last year. Yes, yes. Let's see if we can duplicate that. I think so. I mean, there there's lists and ideas and greatness and different things, but the Mount Rushmore, yeah. maybe a little played out. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's April. We'll probably go there by one June day in May. We'll be looking for a Mount Rushmore. I'll get a text. Hey, we're going to do the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> of blah, blah, fill in the blank. Uh, look, lots of ground to cover. We can do some baseball. I watched your twins last night. I turned off my jets in absolute disgust and watched baseball. I started with what was really good theater. Washington and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. In Washington, of course, Bryce Harper's first trip back uh, to his old ballpark, and he's going up against the ace of the staff. And uh, if, it's, if you're not a DeGrom guy, you're probably a Scherzer guy as to who is the best pitcher uh, in the starting pitcher because Josh Hader's getting a lot of love. And yes, rightly he so, is. my God. All um, he throws is fastballs. Trent, it's unreal. Have you seen the numbers? 50 of his last 52 pitches, fastballs. Or I thought it was 60 out of 62. Oh, that, maybe that's what it up to now, yeah. 60 out of 62. Five Maybe that was pitch. going into last night. Right. Ten strikeouts. He's walked one guy. 62 total pitches. He had a perfecto against the Cardinals on the weekend. We never talked about it because we had the final four. Mm-hmm. Perfecto meaning the one inning he pitched, he threw nine, stri- nine pitches and got three strikeouts. I and mean, that's hard to do. I got to see that one time in person. Whereabouts and who? Uh, up at the Roller Dome. Okay. With Rick Aguilera. Uh, coming, coming over from the Mets, Aguilera. Yes. I think it was 92. I think I it was, was the say... year after the World Series. Okay. That would make if, sense. If I remember correctly, boom, boom, boom. He was good, Trent. Yes, he, had a nice he was. Career there. Yes. Uh, he had a nice career. So who did he follow? Berenger? Uh, no, Juan Berenger was never the closer. But I thought he was temporarily. He might have been. I mean, that he was the setup man in the eighth inning, yes. You look at those teams, and especially the 87 team, a great 
you want to win some money at the bar. Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, to our younger listeners, this is really going to help you out. 87. We know Frank Viola started games 1, 4, and Mm 7. Purple 11, 2, and 6. Who had the other start in the World Series? I don't think you're going to get that. No, I don't think I am either. What are his initials? L.S. No. Les Straker. Really? And it was S-T-R-E-I. It was a weird spelling. Yes. S-T-R-A-K-E-R. Is that what it was? Les, he was terrible. Yeah. You look at that staff, they were bad. Mm-hmm. Outside of Viola and mm-hmm. Blylevin, that was, now they had a lot of punch in the lineup, and that helped. Yeah, and it sure did. The division was down that year in the American League West, and that helped. But, yeah, that's a, that's a fun one to, to win yourself a beer at the bar, see if somebody can figure that one out. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. You're, you're, you're going to be uh, having uh, numerous beers put in front of you if you use that one a few times. Uh, so we'll do, we'll do, so we'll do the baseball. Uh, again, Bryce Harper was terrific. I'm anxious to see the follow-up today. Will there be some retribution because he hits a home run? They're up 6-2. He hits a two-run shot in the, in the eighth inning. And look, he, he was abused, Trent. And he, he had to know he was going to get abused. Reardon was the closer, by the way. Yeah, Jeff Reardon, right. Yeah. Um, you knew he was going to get the wrath of the Natty fans, and they were unmerciful. And when Scherzer struck him out in the first inning, you know, the the broadcasters mentioned it feels like October. Yeah. And it kind of did. I mean, the ballpark was going crazy. Fans were on their feet, and the uh, cheers were cascading down, the booze cascading down. It was a, it was, it was a fun environment for a, what was yesterday, the 3rd of April? Yes. Yeah. Game five. And, and how about him? I mean, he was playing game it up five of the playoffs. Actually, game, game five, five of right. 162. He, he played it up. He went out there. He did his bow thing that he does mm-hmm. or did in Washington before. And I love that. You know, he, he had the whole make baseball great again. Mm-hmm. You know, that I don't know if it was an ad campaign, but it was a campaign that he was on. We didn't bore that, right? The bat flip. I'm good with it. Yes. Yeah, I'm good with personality in baseball. You, I mean, you saw maybe the greatest bat flip in, in Without a baseball doubt, Jose history. Batista. Yeah, against the Rangers. And he paid for it the next year. He absolutely did. <laughs> Big way. Took one right in the chops. Uh, that, that, was, that was good theater as well. Uh, but you know what? We should start with the rumor that's percolating. And I don't know, Trent. I mean, Rob Howe from Hawkeye Nation reached out to Fran McCaffrey, apparently. You clued me in on this and said he asked me. He reached out and got McCaffrey to mm-hmm. respond to the Arkansas rumor. And Rob Howe, point blank, have you talked to Arkansas? And what was the response? No. <laughs> Short and sweet. A, a one-word response from Fran. No surprise there. So Here- one of them's completely right. One of them's completely wrong. But coaches, uh, I mean, Jamie Dixon had no contact with UCLA last night. Mm-hmm. Today's the head coach. He's that coach, folks. It's funny how that works, huh? Just um, miraculous, almost the time uh, time lapse and how that came together as quick as it did. So I, I look, I, I don't know if Arkansas, if if there's uh, interest on McCaffrey's part, would you leave Iowa to go to Arkansas? Well, there's a couple different ways to look at it, and, and this kind of goes hand in hand with what we see happening right now with Buzz Williams on his way to Texas A and M. The worst kept secret in college yes. coaching changes. Now, Buzz Williams has been very upfront, very forthright about an opinion that a lot of people hold in college athletics and college coaching is that it is good to keep moving around. It is good to find that next mm-hmm. destination. I mean, we see it right here with Fran McCaffrey. Nine years, he has got the program back to what they were. And for all intents and purposes, this is what Iowa basketball was from 1989 until 1998 when Dr. Tom left. A team that could get to the round of 32, could win enough games to get in, but that was it. Mm-hmm. Now, they made the great run. They beat Arkansas in the round of 32 in the final year of Dr. Tom. But that's what Iowa basketball was for a decade. 
And then they slept below that. Fran McCaffrey's got them back. Four of the six, last six years, they made the NCAA tournament. Three of those years, they won a game and then mm-hmm. lost in the round of 32. That's what Iowa basketball was. That's the reality of the job. And not even good with enough that, in today's day and age, is it's it? not good enough. Nope. Not good enough. People want more. People yep. want, remember the term when Steve Alford came in? Next level. Right. People are always that. searching for the next level. And because of that, there are plenty of detractors out there for Fran McCaffrey. Now, I look at it this way. And if Fran McCaffrey is truly looking around, take Arkansas out of the equation. This comes from the Rivals writer from uh, New Mexico. Tom Caker and him know each other well from when Alford, in fact, left to go mm-hmm. to New Mexico. And uh, I saw Tom a couple of posts that he had last night. Now, this isn't just some random guy throwing things out. This is a guy that's been very connected to the coaching community. People, A guy that knows things on the inside. So if you're Fran McCaffrey, if you're ever going to do it, the time is now. And this is something I brought up during the basketball season because you have an incoming freshman son that will get his release. The he'll get his release. Yep. He'll be able to go. You have a son that is destined to be a baseball player. If mm-hmm. he's going to play professionally a sport, mm-hmm. it's not going to be basketball. Right. It is going to be baseball. And then you couple those together and you say, well, where's the best baseball played? Well, in the South. In the South, right. right. You go to the ACC or the SEC, that's where you go. Uh-huh. Big Ten baseball is better than it once was, right. but it's still not great. Well, there's some destinations in the Big 12 that are pretty legit as yes, well. Yes, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma State's right. had a lot of history. Texas. Texas, yes. Some good ones there, but you go to the South. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, a very good Warm baseball program. Warm weather climate is where you go. Yes. Right. And Arkansas has a good baseball program. These things make sense. And if you're making the jump, and back to the original point of Buzz Williams, you hit that lull. You hit... Where you're just there's a group, a, maybe it's just a vocal minority, but it is out there that you're never going to make happen, happy. And because of that, you take the next job, you keep going out there. This will be the last one. Northwest Arkansas is a beautiful place. It's a great place to go. Plenty of people retire down there. My dad lives a little bit south, just on the Oklahoma side of the border there in Arkansas. I love that area. It's a great area. You think oh, Arkansas? It, it's not quite what you. It's not the visions that you have. Maybe some places in Louisiana and Mississippi. Mm-hmm. How far from Hot Springs or from Little Rock? Uh, Little Rock's, I want to say a little over two hours, Is something it? like that. Yeah, And that's the that's the main, that, that's where I've flown into a number of times and then went to Hot Springs from there. So I was going the other way, right? Right, right. Yep. yeah, and yeah, I, I go back the other way. But mm-hmm. I've been through there plenty of times. In fact, uh, one of my best friends lives there. He works now for Walmart Corporate. So uh, he, uh, he gives us some good stories about the money down there and the way they flaunt it. But if you're going to make a jump, this is the last jump for Fran McCaffrey. And Probably so. I mean, his, his, he's getting to the point, Trent, sadly, that age is a factor. Yeah. I, I think in determining who your next coach is going to be. You know, he's at that, he's at that point in his life. You Absolutely. know, you, do you want to go younger? You, or he, boy, he's right on the border line, you'd think. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, this is what I was told. I was told that Eric Musselman's, um, his, his wife doesn't want to go. Okay. His wife doesn't want to leave, uh, Nevada. Uh, so we'll see because it was him, uh, it was Richard Patino, mm-hmm. and it was McCaffrey. That apparently there's been all there's been contact made with all three of those coaches. If Musselman is indeed out, that puts it down to if we're led to believe is true to to uh, Richard Patino, who may be using this for leverage. McCaffrey yeah. doesn't have that. McCaffrey's not getting a raise out of this. No, no, way. no. no he, way. he got the contract a year ago. Right, right. And Under the cloak of darkness. Yes, nice we didn't job find Scott out about Dockerman. Yep, took us two months to find mm-hmm. out about it, and Doc luckily uh, brought that to the surface. But yeah. This isn't anything. I don't think this is a play as it pertains to getting a contract, getting extension, getting more money for his season, whatever it may be. I don't see it that way. I think it's a guy that realizes, if I'm going to look around, this is my last shot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to 
maybe take a phone call, mm-hmm. have a visit, talk with somebody, and see what else is out there. You are you've got a lot of Hawkeye fans as friends. Yes. What what's the consensus? What what's their take overall? Are they are they tired of the McCaffrey year? Is there fan fatigue? There is a population. Uh, our our text chain, our group that we always text during Iowa basketball mm-hmm. games. And I think there's twelve of us in there, and there is one that despises Fran McCaffrey, hates and him, and has for how long? Years. Okay. I, he he was never a person that. So this wasn't a Gary Dolphin. No, no. It, the sideline antics. Uh-huh. Never was a fan of that. Thought it, it painted the university, the basketball program, in a bad light. Boy, he lit him up against Northwestern. We saw the result. And it worked, and it, it worked. Yes, and it can work. Mm-hmm. But he's just he never liked that for an Iowa basketball coach. I would say though, for the most part, of that group of twelve, a third of them indifference. Yeah, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got That's basketball. Not good either. Basketball's back. Uh-huh. It's back in a good way. Go to the games, have fun. It's not Todd Licklider. <laughs> and, and I think for Iowa fans, that still permeates. That that still sits there. It's not only the Steve Alford era where you didn't get to the next level. You took a step back as a program. Mm-hmm. I would Big Ten tournaments. Yeah, but I would one gone to nineteen of the last twenty five NCAA tournaments before he got there. He missed six in twenty five years. He was five in eight years. It was, mm-hmm. he won one game right. in eight seasons right. as the head coach. It was a step back, and then they fell off the clip with Doc and Luke Lair. And what, this guy was national coach of the year. I know, with, and he had the resume. He really did. It's kind of yes. like, you know, I, I know why Jamie Pollard went after Gene Chizik. He had the resume. He, he, he had the resume. It's the right thing to do. It made sense. Uh-huh. And at Iowa, where... Just didn't fit at either school, obviously. You don't have five stars. Well, how about we build our basketball program this way? It made sense. You can understand where they were coming from and where, as much as it's easy to get on Gary Barta and make fun of some of the decisions that he made. Well, the contract made, extension was ridiculous. But when he brought in Todd Licklider, it wasn't that, at the time, it wasn't that bad of a hire. It made sense uh-huh. for what you could do at Iowa, how you could recruit at Iowa to be able to go that route. It was a disaster. Well, I mean, and I give Barta credit, and I, I don't, this might be the only place I've ever given him credit for. At least he was willing to cut his losses. You're right, right. You know, and pull that band aid off. Absolutely. Rip it off is what he did. And, yeah. I, and I think he did the right thing. And there hasn't been a lot of right moves uh, that he's made. So we'll see if there's any legs to this. It's um, not going away. It's that time of year. It's, it's that time mm-hmm. of year. Um, I, we, I guess we got to spend a couple of minutes on, on the Hoiberg thing. I can just click. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I'm over it. I'm so over it right the now. The Hoiberg thing? I, I really Did you watch am. the press conference? Because he just crushed it. I watched it on yeah. Big Ten Network yesterday, uh, start great. to finish, and he crushed it. He was great. And you no know surprise. what I thought was one of the... And uh, maybe... And I think it meant a lot to him. It would be to me. I mean, um, Bill Moose and, and Nebraska framing the press release when his grandfather was named the head basketball coach in Nebraska from the 50s, instead of putting the ball cap on his head for the pictures, you know, mm-hmm. they gave him that. I mean, what a classy move. Yeah, no I mean, that's got, that's got to mean a lot, I would think, to the to the family, and he's got that now. Is So he, he crushed it. Look, I'm here's why it's got so much play in the media, folks. Where are we in the calendar? It's April. It's April. If this would happen in January or February mm-hmm. or the fall, we had talked about it a little bit, but then we moved on quickly to what matters. We know what matters, but those what matters right now, actually, sadly, 
are on hiatus. Right. <laughs> Nothing going on. And we're going to bully our way in there, and we're going to talk spring football. Right. With Iowa and Iowa State, and we are going to do that hour. for 40 but minutes today. The answer to our question that we posed a couple of days, Monday and Tuesday, is who's going over from Iowa? Everybody. Well, except I, I didn't see five or eight. Now, were they there that I missed? I didn't see, no. But Murph was there, Murph. Hines was there, Peterson was there. Yes. And um, that says a lot. It does. It's a story. It's a story. I was uh, in here doing some work in the other studio during the Fanatics yesterday, and I kept looking over at the phone lines, and they lit up, and mm-hmm. then I'd be listening to Chris and Ross, and what would the person want to talk about? <laughs> they want to talk about Hoiberg. Right. That's what people wanted to talk about. That is the story of today. For me personally, though, I look at it this way. I think Fred Hoiberg is going to do a good job. I think he is going to get that program their first NCAA tournament win. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a factor as it pertains to both Iowa and Iowa State in terms of recruiting. Yeah, they're going to cross paths. There's no doubt. They're going to butt heads there. But I don't think this is Nebraska basketball is going to become a thing here. That this is something that is not going to dominate. I don't even think it's going to be outside of a cursory glance Something we talk about a whole lot during college basketball season. No, I don't. Uh, probably not. More so, we do football. Right. When it comes to when it comes to Nebraska conversation, we do football because, as I've said, I've got two sacred cows. <laughs> One of them's Bama Bob. Yep. The other one's Stephen M. Sipple. You are gracious enough to let me have those guys on our program. Uh, I've been doing them a long time, and I'm pulling rank on you. <laughs> well, and it was Sip. I love having Sip. I know on. you do because you kid him. Yes. Yeah. I, I you like to poke him a little bit. You do yes. poke him a little bit. So I think. But so, so we have Sip weekly during football season. But I, you're right. I don't see this come becoming a weekly segment during no. the January. Now, when they get set to play Iowa, of course, yeah. we'll we'll do something with Sip and yep. and or with Joe Quinn, our buddy who used to uh, work here at KXNO. We have Mitch Sherman on. Who yeah, see, that bothers me. Was a national writer. Right. I, that's, that's, a, that's a hole in our guest list resume. Yeah, he, he was our Big Ten guy. I he got, was good. He really was. He still is good, except he's now focused solely on Nebraska, on Nebraska with the athletics. Right. So we've almost... Um, Disproportionate number of Nebraska guests. We're, we're getting a little heavy in we the Nebraska are a rotation. Nebraska heavy. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that was yesterday. And he won the press conference, but we move on. I got to ask you this because I know you're a gambler, mm-hmm. and I love this. I love the sports wagering aspect of, uh, of of sports now. And it's as we know, it's growing like crazy. And I've always thought it had a place on Sports Talk Radio and brought it to Sports Talk Radio long time ago. Certainly not to the extent that we do now. Um, right or wrong, did it for years. So there's a guy who bet $1,500 on Texas Tech to win it all. Oh, I also have a wager. Not quite that much. No, he bet $1,500. We talked about that before the show one day. It was 33 to 1 right before the Big 12 tournament, I said. Okay. How was it 33 to 1? I bet three bucks on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy's got a little more. So he stands to collect. $300,000 on his wager. Okay. three hundred grand. He bet $1,500. Um, there's a company. that They did this in November. As you know, there's a company called ProSwap, mm-hmm. which will buy tickets off of uh, tickets that are live at a reduced price. So if the, if the ticket holder wants to cash in on um, his potential earnings and give up a huge chunk of those earnings mm-hmm. if he was to be uh, successful to get the bet across the finish line, 
he'd be willing to hedge and give that up. He wants $65,000 for his $300,000 ticket with two games to play, one of which we know is against Michigan State. The other, if they win on Saturday, will be against the winner of Auburn, Virginia. Texas Tech is the... Are they the fourth choice right now in the betting? Mm. Virginia one, Michigan State two, or is it the other way around? I'll bring up uh, what I see at the futures market right now. Because I just looked at that the other day. Uh, give me a minute here and All I'll right. find it. So he's proposing selling this ticket for 65000 taking his profit. Mm-hmm. Willing to walk away potentially from $235,000 if the Red Raiders were to win two more games. That's all. Two more games. He's got them this far. They're in the Final Four. Spend $1,500. Do you take $65,000 today? Collect your winnings and be happy. Texas Tech, i got to think they're fourth choice? Third. Are they? So Auburn's the fourth choice. Yep. It is Virginia, Mm -hmm. three to two. Okay. Michigan State plus one eighty five, mm-hmm. plus four twenty five for Texas Tech. So a big drop, yeah. And six to one for Auburn. Okay. So what do you do? Well, if somebody's giving me the sixty five grand, sixty five grand right now, money in your f- pocket, walk away. Yeah. Do you watch the two games on the weekend? Yes. You, you still would. Yes. I don't know if I would. <laughs> yes. I. Who would you root for? Would you root for Michigan State on Saturday? I'd root for my bet to lose. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd, be t- it'd be tough not to take the 65K, right? It really would. He invested 1500 so he's obviously got some money to throw around right. to begin with. Is this a pro? Is this... I don't know that. I don't know. Um, he has not been identified. The bet was placed at the Superbook in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. which used to be Las Vegas Hilton, which is a huge, huge book. Have you been there? Yes. It's yeah, years ago. Years massive. Ago. Really hasn't changed other than the HDTVs. I mean, the, mm-hmm. a lot of, sadly... Well, I shouldn't say that. Sport, race and sports books, sports books have expanded at the expense of race, mm-hmm. which is the right idea. Yeah. I mean, it's the yeah. right thing to do. Um, I used to love the Mirage because it had such a huge uh, section devoted to race players. Mm-hmm. But that's now a fraction of what it once was. Same as at the Mandalay Bay. That's the right thing to do. Uh, nobody bets horses. Not nobody, but it's, it's, it's down significantly. Yeah. Um, but you get drink tickets if you, you bet That's horses. the thing. If you bet horses, you get drink tickets. And it doesn't matter if it's my $2 bet. Do you know why that is? Why? There's no risk. Oh, yeah. No risk. It goes in a paramutual. Paramutual, right. If they get their take. They get 12% of every dollar you bet, whether you win or lose. Quick aside, we were out in Vegas a few years ago with a wife yeah. and a couple of our friends. We were betting horses for that, for the drink tickets as games were going on. And she comes back, and by my wife, and says, all right, uh, you're up. And we just, everybody kind of took turns going up there. And we're looking, and we're flipping through, and we had the TV at our table where we could mm-hmm. flip through. And well, this race isn't coming up, and we're looking again and looking again. We finally figured out she bet on a greyhound. Oh, my. Yeah. So we <laughs> watched the doggy run. Another loser there. But oh, you got a drink ticket. Yeah, more drink tickets out of it. So that was a good thing. Yeah, indeed. A swing and a miss. A swing and a miss, indeed. All right. Speaking of swing and miss, Josh Hader again, just unbelievable. When did they play? Are they this morning? I think they're one of the day games today, aren't they? You Milwaukee, are correct. Cincy. Yep. I know the Twins and the Royals play early today. 12-15. Uh, 11-35 for the Brewers in Cincinnati. It must be it's in Cincy. Right. Yes, it so is. 11-35 first pitch. Cubs tonight. Yeah, Lester, right? Lester against Julio Tehran. Okay. For the Bravos, that's a good one. It is a good one. I'll be dialed into that. Cards so in Pittsburgh. And that's tonight. a night game, too? That is 6.05. Yep. Good. So uh, early start to things. We get Giants-Dodgers late at night. We got that free preview of extra innings. Is you it can still, still going on? That. Yep. When does that end? goes through the weekend. Does it go through the weekend? Yep. 
That's why how I watched a lot of Phillies Nets last night. It was it was fun, wasn't it? It, it was. really was good theater. It was really good theater. I'm glad I watched it. Um, yeah, it was really good when he came to the plate for the first time. You know what I was thinking if I was him. I, I was hoping that when he ran out to right field for the first time that he pulled a Sosa, you know, took his, remember Sosa at Wrigley yes, Field? Yes. And everybody's waving the flag, but he wouldn't have a flag, but, you know, just go out there and do a run around, maybe doff your cap. Uh, but there were a bunch of Philly fans that, that made their yeah. way there. We've got Harper. <laughs> they were loud. They, they were, were loud. It. Well, it became a little easier when, uh, as the game rolled on, it mm-hmm. became very apparent, uh, that, uh, Philly was about to, uh, dispatch the home team. Will Harper be plunked today? That's going to be something to watch. I'm sure that he bat will. flip. You know, there's still some old school guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Well, you're going to talk to David Kaplan next. We've got our flag to give away. It's also, where's that? Run. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. As promised, let's get to them, shall we? As we said, it's going to be a long, miserable summer in Chicago. Two last-place baseball teams. We oh, say tongue firmly in cheek. <laughs> Cappy joins us. Hello, buddy. How are you, David Kaplan? What's going on, my friends? How you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, well, look, it, it's uh, Trent and I tried to talk about it yesterday about the the six errors, and it was a disappointing game. But you really got to check yourself. There's 158 left of or whatever there is, a buck 58 left to go. But that was kind of uh, wow. Where did that come? Kind of game was it not? Yeah, that was an awful game. And I had Anthony Rizzo on yesterday, and he said, "Kid, there's 158 to go." But yeah, that was a bad one. Don't know how we played that poorly. We just flush it and move on. Is there pressure on this team, the expectations coming in, and maybe just the team pressing a little bit too much? Uh, I don't think they're pressing at all. There's are veteran guys. They've played way bigger games than mm-hmm. four games between Texas and Atlanta. I don't think there's one iota of pressure. I do think that they want to get off to a good start. And they just didn't. They got off to a one and three start and blew games in Texas. They should have won both. They certainly should have walked out of there two out of three right. and couldn't find a way to beat a bad Rangers team. The game in Atlanta, you, you again, you flush it and you move on. Those are going to happen in a 162 game season. You just hate to see a three game losing streak after, you know, how everyone felt Thursday night when they opened the season up 12 to four with a win over Texas and John Lester. Six solid innings, got the win, and everyone, wow, Schwarber looks good, Bryant looks good, Baez looks amazing. Instead, then you kind of soil yourself the next three days. Mm -hmm. Indeed they did. Hugh Darvish, Cap, what went wrong in his first start of the year Saturday in Texas? And is there a concern that that spring, and he did put together a terrific spring, uh, what was the anomaly, Saturday or spring? Uh, I think the anomaly was Saturday because, one, he was really struggling with focus. He missed on a few pitches. He was over-amped. First time in 10 months that he's on a major league mound in a major league baseball game. And then he's doing it in Texas where he's got tons of family, friends, former teammates. He's you know sharing smiles on the mound with Elvis Andrus and even Jim Chase. Whoa, those two just shared a moment. Hmm. His focus wasn't great. And then he gets squeezed on a couple pitches which are going to happen. That's just part of the game. you got to adjust. But he doesn't, and all of a sudden, he's three strikeouts, three walks, and 35 pitches in in the first inning, 
doesn't give up a run, but, whoa, 35 pitches when he had two strikeouts to start the game, and you're thinking, boy, he could buzz through this thing, and who knows how many pitches he can go, and next thing you know, it's 35 pitches, and you're 50 into the second inning, and it just wasn't good. Speaking of pitchers, uh, to Carl Edwards Jr., worked on a new delivery throughout the spring, had that hitch in it, but looked very good. The, the trip from Arizona apparently over to Texas didn't go so well. An incredibly maddening player. Carl Edwards Jr. feels like he's got a ton of talent in that right arm, but hasn't consistently been able to put it together. Your thoughts on MLB saying, yeah, that delivery isn't legal after working on it for a month and a half? Well, Joe Madden then said, yeah, I was told at the end of spring training. Well, how did your mm. message not get to your reliever yeah. between the end of spring training, which was last Tuesday night when they finished with the Boston Red Sox twice in Mesa, Arizona, and then the message never got delivered mm. or wasn't at least received properly by Carl? I don't know who to believe on this thing. And what is Major League Baseball doing for eight freaking weeks allowing him to pitch, and it's not like they're not seeing this. They've got Major League umps calling every right. game in spring training. They've got Major League officials that go around to every camp, and so they see this. They don't say a word, and then they tell him whenever it is, last Tuesday or you know, make this decision yesterday morning, hey, you can't do that, that's illegal because the Rangers complained. Uh, this, this whole thing really got screwed up. Hmm. Kappa, and it's been a concern of yours since we started uh, talking Cubs baseball back to, before the uh, you know the Cubs caravan or convention, whatever it was, and you, when we asked you the question, you know, what concerns you about the upcoming year? First thing out of your mouth was the bullpen. Well, here we are, Cap, and uh, sadly, uh, your, your belief that this bullpen was going to be a problem has come true, at least early in the season. How can they fix it? Well, the guys they have have to pitch better, or they've got to go down and get some guys that are pitching in Iowa right now, whether that's Dakota Meckis or Dylan Maples or you know one of those types of guys. Somebody's got to step up and pitch. Brian Dunsing has to come back and be better. But the reinforcements are not riding in through that door. I don't see a scenario that they're signing Craig Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. That's one. Right. Two, on the Kimbrell front, I'm hearing he still has huge demands on what he expects to be paid. That's one. Two, you can work out all you want and throw at the local gym. Until you get into a throwing program, you're not ready to pitch in a major league game. And if you're paying him to be your closer, well, you've got to be able to use him three days in a row, two days in a row, three out of four, whatever the case may be. And as Bob Nightingale reported, teams that have checked in on both Dallas Keuchel, a starter, and Craig Kimbrell, a reliever, believe they're far away from being major league ready to pitch so that you're talking into May. Well, by that point, you should have Brandon Morrill back. He's already throwing. So I don't think, you know, a multi-year deal to Craig Kimbrell is the answer. Is he a good arm? Yeah, he didn't have the best year last year, but it's good enough to help the Red Sox win a World Series. But he's 31. Are you giving him a five-year deal at $100 million? I'm not. So... I don't know where they go for reinforcements here. Yeah, scary situation there, and bullpens uh, becoming more and more difficult to get some of those power arms, and if you're going to do it, you're going to have to pay for it. Hey, Kep, uh, speaking, you're talking about going out, finding different people. I don't know what the tax number is this season off the top of my head. Are the Cubs payroll-wise, are they 
close to that tax threshold and having to pay in on the luxury tax. Are they already passed it? Do you know how the 2019 payroll sits? Yeah, they're going to be over the initial luxury tax threshold of $206 million. They'll be north of that. Okay. Uh, the next one up is $245 million, I believe, and they're going to be you know, probably at least 20 to $25 million under that. And then they're not going to blow through that one because if you do, it's exceptionally punitive where you lose draft picks, you pay you know, $2 for every one that you spend on players. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them. That's why the Red Sox haven't re-signed Kimbrell. They're at 240 right now. Wow. So they don't have much wiggle room. So that I don't see a scenario where they're going to violate the $240-some-million-dollar threshold. They are over 206, and they do have some money built in for an in-season acquisition like last year when they had to go get Cole Hamels. They were able to do that because, look, in the end, you could tell me all you want that we're out of money, we're this, we're that. They're in this to win. And ownership's not stupid. If it's July and there is no waiver deadline anymore, now it's you make your deals by July 31, and that's it. can't add anybody else to your team, then they're going to authorize some type of an expenditure. I'm not saying they're going to go out and spend another $50 million, but they are going to add somebody if they need it. David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago, brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Well, the White Sox began their season in uh, Kansas City. They subsequently are now in Cleveland, uh, where they get back on the field again tonight. Uh, what can you tell us about the White Sox start, Cap? Well, they yesterday got really good starting pitching out of Ivan, in fact, two days ago, out of Ivan Nova. He pitched very well. And they get a home run out of Ryan Cordell, and they're up 3-1 to one late. And you think, wow, walk into Cleveland and get a win on Monday. That's a pretty good one. And then I walk back out of the studio after taping some stuff, and I'm like, whoa, what happened? Yeah. Gave up four runs with right. a bunch of walks. I, I like Rick Renteria as a guy. I think he's a quality human. I think he handles his players very well in terms of as a guy. I think he's an awful strategic manager managing his bullpen. And after the game yesterday, he was asked, why didn't you use Kelvin Herrera? Why didn't you use another name? And he said, well, it's not as though they weren't available. I just was trying to stay away from using them, you know, three days in a row or three out of four or whatever the case may be. Well, as the game's slipping away from you, if they're available, you got to go to them. I just thought he did a poor job how he structured his bullpen usage yesterday and ended up costing him a game. Yeah, and they were off yesterday, too. So they played tonight, play Monday, off Tuesday, and then play Wednesday. It doesn't make a, a, a lot of sense. Cap, I want to get into the poll. It was uh, during your show yesterday. It's still open. It's still, it closes in a couple of hours here. The most disappointing athlete in Chicago. Trent and I, were uh, we spent some time on this one, and the, the choices were Mark Pryor, Jay Williams, Derek Rose, and Jay Cutler. It was Jay Cutler's, I think, 10-year 10, 10 anniversary of, of him signing uh, with the Bears. Uh, four most disappointing athletes. Boy, it's a really good one, Cap. Um, who has the lead, and who would your choice? Mine was Mark Pryor. Trent with Derek Rose. Uh, wh- where are you? Where, where's where's the poll right now? And uh, where are you as far as who you thought it should be? Yeah, I, first of all, Cutler is leading. Okay. And for me, it's he's number one, and it's not close. I think it's Jay Cutler. Look, Jay Williams, the number two overall pick had a horrible motorcycle accident and ended his career. Mm-hmm. Wildly disappointing for that reason. Um, I'm not sure how good a player he would have been. He might have been an all-star. He might have been a journeyman. I don't know. We never will know. Eric Rose, he achieved at least 
an MVP, wildly disappointing because he blew his ACL out, and then how he handled everything after that, a second knee injury with the meniscus tear, all of that combined to make him you know, very disappointing, but he's still beloved in this town. Mark Pryor, wildly disappointing because of injury, had that flash in the pan, 18-6 and six season in 2003 when they came within five outs of the World Series and all that other nonsense that went on we all know about. For me, Jake Cutler was advertised. We just went and got a franchise quarterback. I thought you did. I think Jerry Angelo and Lovey Smith did a terrible job giving him the talent he needed around him. Number one receiver, Devin Hester, no shot. Enough protection on the O-line? No way. Multiple offensive coordinators? Absolutely not. But in the end, Jay did not, as the franchise quarterback who signed for $126 million in 2013, Jay did not galvanize the room. Jay was not beloved as a guy around there. The leaders of that locker room, Crute, Spurlacker, couldn't stand playing with the guy. So he, for me, it's far and away number one. Jay Cutler is a dismal failure. And I look at it the exact opposite way, Cap. I, I looked at it in terms of talent. Derek Rose at his best, well, he won an MVP. He could have delivered a world championship. Jay Cutler at his best, I don't see him in that light. I don't see him as an MVP. He was talented, no doubt, but we're talking Derek Rose, who is a completely different level type of player. So it's funny how just the way that you look at a poll question like that, how many different directions you can go off. Yeah, you can spin it a number of different ways. It's just for me, the day Jay came here, everyone threw a party uh, except yours truly. I remember doing Chicago <laughs> Tribune Live, and we're going to try and find the sound today from it. But I remember saying to Rick Morrissey, I don't like the trade. They no. gave up too much, and I'm not big on this Cutler guy. I don't hear good things about him as a leader. And Denver's not giving up a 25-year-old <laughs> you know, Pro Bowl alternate, albeit, but Pro Bowl quarterback. And he and I were the only two. Everyone else was like, oh, mm-hmm. you guys are saying this is the greatest thing the Bears have ever done. Well, he won one playoff game in his entire career here. One. Cap, you're consistent. I remember you telling Matt Peralt, who I was working with at the time, right on this radio station, that you didn't like it, and I tried to talk you out of it because I'm a Bronco fan, and when it happened, I was curled up in a fetal position because I was just dumbfounded that my team would trade away a franchise quarterback, and he never got to be there. Last thing, Cap, I know Izzo's a good friend of yours. Uh, is this his best coaching job to get this team with the injuries they've had, and Cassius Winston is a difference maker. We get that. But is this amongst his best coaching jobs in what is a Hall of Fame illustrious career yes absolutely 100 percent. because all that has gone on around michigan state over the last 24 months and then all the injuries and then being stuck in the bracket with duke and everyone's saying oh it's so unfair to michigan state and maybe it was maybe it was more unfair to duke <laughs> they had to have a two seed that was clearly one of the best teams in the country. So, yeah, I'm cheering for Tom as loud as I can, A, because he's a very close friend, but B, because I think it would be amazing to see him cutting down the nets and hoisting that trophy, you know, with all the nonsense that went on in game one of the tournament because, heaven forbid, he raised his voice and he pointed his finger at Aaron Henry, a freshman, mm-hmm. and now Aaron Henry's getting interviewed by Tracy Wolfson and, He's asking him about, you know, being the player of the game, and he's like, hey, you know, coach got this, he's taking me to this level. Like, you see the relationship 
the two of them have, and it's just beautiful to see what Tom has built. Great stuff, David Kaplan. Thank you for what you do for us. We look forward to catching up with you next Wednesday. Thanks, pal. I look forward to it. You boys have a great day. You do the same. Thank you, Cap. Take care. David Kaplan, ESPN 1000, uh, NBC Sports Chicago, brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Iowa's best selection of stone veneer, whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size. Centurion Stone of Iowa offers a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com, or visit the showroom in person, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street, Suite A in Des Moines. Well, you'll see it. It's 5525 Northeast 22nd Street. So that um, dismal summer line didn't really go over. (laughs) White Sox, (laughs) Cubs, two last place teams. Could you imagine after a Bulls Black Hawks season, college basketball was garbage in the state? Yes, yes, yes. You're hopeful. And if the Cubs take a nosedive, Mm -hmm. Bears don't have a first round. Now they have Khalil Mack, and you're very happy with that. And I know I don't have to tell you, you're Mm -hmm. a Bears fan. But the draft's going to come around, and you're going to sit out the first night. Yeah, and it just it doesn't have that same kind of mm-hmm. buzz without. Boy, it'd be tough to do some sports talking. It's still sports talk, and it's still Chicago. And it's still Chicago, and, and you're always going to find things to talk yes, about. Yes, what a wonderful, wonderful city! I can't wait to get there in July for Big Ten. Media Are we going Day. together? Well, not literally together. Well, you and you're coming. I'm coming. Yes, Good. that's okay. the plan. We're going to do our radio show from there. Perfect. No, that's the plan, Trent. I am looking forward to that. Yeah, I am too. It's a it's a great uh, it's a great two days. Um, Cubs home start. Yes, they are. Atlanta. Uh you know what? Maybe I'm getting confused because I had it all set up before the Rolling Stones got canceled. Thursday, I was going to the Cubs. Yeah. You know what? I still think they're home. Let me look. Okay. Well, and and are you sure? I mean, you can sometimes go a negative light. 28th and 29th. What, what's the Monday, Tuesday of the last week in July? Last week in July. That would be July 25th, 26th. Is that what it is? That's Thursday, Friday. No, it's the Monday, Tuesday they have this Monday, thing. Tuesday. That'd be the 29th and 30th. And the Cubbies are off on Monday and in St. Louis on... What about the weekend before? Uh, the weekend before the their whole San Diego. So maybe media days are the 22nd and 23rd, you're saying? Could be. I think it's later. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. We will find out here soon. We will. You know what else we're going to find out here soon? What's We've that? got our team of the day. Ah, we're not yes. going to tell you till the other side of the break, mm-hmm. but Heartland Flags is going to make it possible for one of our listeners to go to the Miller & Condon Twitter feed and give us uh, a picture of you. How do you do it again? Just send a picture showing your fandom mm-hmm. when the team is announced today. Right. Say, hey, that's my team. Yes. And I have to deal with all these Hawkeye and Cyclone fans or all these Cubs and, and Cardinal fans around here. We're going to the deeper level here. So we're going to throw somebody random out here coming up. Prove that you're a fan. And you win yourself a flag, courtesy of Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. We have not discussed who we're going to anoint as the team of the day yet, but you know what? I have an idea based on, well, that interview we just did. Oh. We talked about that team of the day. But they always get the, they draw the short straw when we talk to Cappy. I think I know what direction now, you're heading. I think, I think you probably do. I should also say that employees of KXNO are not eligible to win this flag. <laughs> right. But we'll let you know the team of the day on the other side. Miller and Condon in the 11 o'clock hour. A lot of football, a lot of local conversation. As we're here until noon, we're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. States or situations. 
Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert in 20 minutes. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette in 40 minutes. Right now, though, we're going to give away that flag that we threatened to do so as we came to the end of the Cappy piece. Boy, I love that Cappy conversation weekly. He's really good. We're fortunate to have him. And thank you again to Centurion Stone of Iowa. So we teased it a little bit, Trent, and you Mm -hmm. know where I wanted to go with this one because they do, and they, I'm referring to everybody, they, as all the White Sox fans that tune in and wish we would ask Cappy some White Sox questions. Yes. But I don't know about you. I mean, how many White Sox games? You see them when you play the Twins. Right, right. But they're so bad. They're bad. I never enjoyed the broadcast team with Hawk back well, in the day. Yeah, he's, of course, yeah, done now. But Right. That, right. that was always a, a difficult listen. Mm-hmm. And you know, around here, I, I certainly think that they are, what would it be? One, two, three, four. They, they're six out of the quote-unquote locals. Okay, so obviously the Cubs and the Cardinals and yep. the Twins and yep. the Royals. Mm-hmm. And the other two you're using are Brewers and White Sox. I think the Brewers, and mm-hmm. last year notwithstanding when they were good, but mm-hmm. just think of the Wisconsin transplants no, that we have around I here. Agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it's a distant six for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. But we're for the few that are out there, we're throwing them a bone today. Well, all we're looking for is one. Now, sadly, we blanked the audience yesterday. The Heartland Flags, the Daily Heartland Flags yes. team of the day. We th- throw out, and it's closed now. I mean, yesterday's contest is closed. It closes at midnight. If we don't get anybody by midnight, we move on. Um, we didn't find a Michigan State fan, which we surprised me. I did, too. I thought they would for sure find those. But there, I know there's White Sox fans out there. I love the logo that you tweeted with it. Mm-hmm. Late 70s, right? Yes, yes, yes. Ron Kittle, Karkovice, so those, uh, Cartland Fisk, that era of, uh, was Tom Seaver there then? Probably. Probably, yeah. You can, and you can get He's that. He's fighting Alzheimer's. You see that? I did. Yeah, sad news. You can get that type of flag, though. Just tweet at us. You can get this logo on the flag? I, I bet you can. If anywhere could do it, it's Heartland Flags. They absolutely can get that old school one. I, I'm thinking, you know I like my retro stuff. I'm wearing an Expos hat today. I see that. I got a Minnesota North Stars hat. that I, I, I Showing my age, mm-hmm. I'm getting older. I saw there was a leak of the new Jets uniforms who looked awful. Which Jets? Not the Winnipeg okay. Jets. The, the New York Jets, the real Jets. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah, there was a leak of Jets. that. I don't like new uniforms at all anymore. Just go to the style, the old ones. Yeah. I'm at that point in my life. So, I, the Giants... I love the Giants with the the black Giants across mm-hmm. the helmet mm-hmm. and the line underneath it. Mm-hmm. What do they do on Thursday? What do they do with the colors? What are they, what's the rush? Because it's not rush. Color rush. Color rush. It yeah. is color rush. Yeah. There's some some better than others. Right. Yeah. There's some good ones. Some good ones, some bad ones. But I, I don't want to see the Bears in all orange. No, I don't. I, I, no. I do like when they, from time to time, do kind of put the orange in there, but... Uh-huh. There's already an orange team. That'd be a bad look. It would be. All right, so uh, White Sox fans, go to Miller and Condon's Twitter account. First one in is going to get this flag from heartlandflags.com. Scott Dockerman's done some digging. Not a surprise there. He's terrific at uh, doing that. He found some flight tracking data. That's very interesting. We'll tell you about that on the other side. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.